Hello, welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am Carlos Cooper with me as always. Dave Gurney. And Joe Hilliard. And today we are here to talk about uh, a movie and drink some beer. That's right. Um, which comes first. The chicken or the beer? Uh, in, in this case, you, why don't you go ahead? We're gonna um, we're gonna open up this bottle. This okay. bottle, uh, the name of which I think kind of ties into the name of the film. So I'll just go ahead and introduce them both together. Okay. This is Terminal Descent from uh, Adroit Adroit Theory Brewing, which we have had on the podcast before. I'm pretty certain. I couldn't tell you the beer that we, we had there. Okay, thank you. Who is it? Um, Adroit theory. Oh, of course we. And there, this is actually a collaboration that they did, but not with another brewer, with a cigar manufacturer called Fratello. And this collaboration uh, clocks in at twelve percent. It is a Russian imperial stout. I think the idea is we should be smoking some cigars with this. Sorry, Fratello, um, we do not us. have your cigars here on hand. But um, but hopefully we'll enjoy the beverage anyway. And I love the title here because, again, calling this Terminal Descent, I thought it tied into the, uh, the name of this film, which is Downhill, um, a 2020 release uh, with Will Ferrell, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, we, we drank a droit's imagination atrophy back in episode 45 where we okay. discussed the one and the only and if you haven't seen it you should high life oh, oh. fantastic well let's I, I don't know if we're going to achieve that kind of outstanding pairing here or not <laughs> but know. we may be watching <laughs> Um, am I? I'm kind of teasing where yeah, I'm going kinda, here. Okay, so, oh, well, so whoa, 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 Carlos, come on, man. We also drank a droit in, in episode sixty-two. What was the movie? That was what evil? <laughs> what what evil lurks? And I remember the, that beer. Uh, movie was the Vitch. The Vavitch. The Vavitch. Oh, the the yeah, with uh, the lighthouse. What a yeah, great episode that yeah. was. Eggers, uh, yeah, yeah, love Robert Eggers. Um, so, so okay, so the movie we're talking about is Downhill. Like you said, Farrell, Dreyfus, and it is... A finally together. Finally, what we've all been waiting for. Well, and I mean, come on. They are actually two of the best comic actors of oh, all yeah. time. Completely you agree? Know, yeah, not, say, not saying anything against Well, I don't know that I was ever saying I need them paired together, but... Well, actually, Julia... <laughs> Julia... <laughs> What happened? You poured I, yourself a fourth. You, 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 I, I, you gave, I poured you, and then you poured and you yourself. you re-poured, yeah. So now you've got go. two. No, it's it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, I mean, we don't see her on the big screen very often. No, cool, because she's, she's had Veep things she's going on. She's got huge um, TV acclaim, yeah, TV and, success. And she's, right. I, she, and she I has not ever broken out in film the way she has, but she's had yeah. some pretty strong, and with Veep most recently, Certainly. strong yeah, that, TV yeah, that performances. Was, yeah, that was a big one. Um, but So the movie is about this family that is like going through a difficult time. There's some grieving well, happening. And, right. And they uh, are going on this ski trip to kind of help them kind of bond again or right. like some time get, away, time away, get through this whole process and all this kind of thing. And there is an inciting incident that kind of wedges between all of them and it is this avalanche that's coming down. A controlled um, avalanche. It's a controlled avalanche that kind of gets a little bit out of hand where Will Ferrell, Pete, right, the father, yeah, yeah. Um, runs away from his family while the avalanche is happening and leaves Billy, the Dreyfus character, to 
try to protect their two sons. He does grab his phone. He grabs his phone before first, yeah, he uh... and bolts uh, away from them, leaving them stranded there to deal with this avalanche. Uh, and that breeds some resentment that they then deal with through the rest of the film, not just between him and his wife, but his kids as well. Uh, and you know, they have to navigate this thing where they're a couple that's clearly not great at communicating. And so they're trying to either confront it or act like it didn't happen in a series of situations that involve third party people that have to witness this all happen in front of them. Mm-hmm. Now this is, uh, this has been written and directed by some, you know, pairings of people, but Jim Rash is one of them. He is an Oscar winning writer. As uh, is Nat Faxon, the co-director. Yeah. Nat they, Faxon they both, is as well. Yeah, okay. They co-wrote they, the they Descendants, co-wrote the descendants that, with I, Alexander Payne. Okay. Yeah. I knew that Jim had Jim Rash had won for the Descendants. I didn't know anything about Nat Faxon. And I couldn't remember the name either, which is why I didn't say it. Um, we got your back, bro. Thank you. Uh, teamwork makes a dream work. That's right. Uh, so, and Jim Rash, I mean, you know, he's known for that, but he's also known as the Dean in Community. He recently guest starred on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he is known for comedy, as, yeah, as is Farrell, bo- and both as of is them. Dreyfus, Faxon, as is Zach Woods. Faxon and Rash both came out of the Groundlings, which is also where oh, Farrell cut his right, teeth. That's right. So they're, they're out of that school of you know stage-based improv comedy. They have um, uh, they have a lot of credits as uh, yeah. as on screen yeah. as actors. Yeah. But they've also done this film and now the film between the two, The Way Way Back, which was a really pretty good film yeah, I haven't back seen around twenty thirteen. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Research it's dictates. Worth it out. But yeah, um, so they're comedy people. Yeah. And this movie, at least in my memory of the trailer is marketed as a, Will a Ferrell, pretty broad... Con- like, you're yeah. watching the trailer and it looks like they're, it's a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. But it's not. The tone of this film is odd. Yeah. I think. It is. it is. I mean, as well, as you alluded to in the plot description, this isn't as simple as being a film that... Uh, you know, it was about like it's not a ski comedy, right? I don't know if y'all went it's to the Alamo Dra- if you went to the Alamo Draft House to see this, we but did, they yeah. they showed some ski comedy stuff. You know, like I don't even know what's but like Hot Dog the Avalanche. movie or whatever. Well, yeah, right, Avalanche the, yeah. uh, the which was a drama, yeah, um, a disaster film, right? Oh, was With it? Rock I Hudson? Tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a cheap one, tell. a cheap one made by American International. Yeah, was um, that the Corman? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that so uh, you have that, but it's oh. not. I mean, it's not a straight up comedy. No. It is, and when you consider the pedigree, the Descendants certainly, and Alexander Payne is where I'm going with it. Although yeah. I know he wasn't involved in this film, he rides a line between comedy and drama. The dramedy, uh, the the real life drama with real life comedic comedic elements. That's what I was expecting, right? When I when I watched the film, but yeah, but it's dealing with this really. I mean, it is trying, I think, on some level to be a critique of the institution of marriage and of gender roles, and there's a lot packed in there in what it's trying to do. Yeah, which in an hour demands, and twenty six minutes, right? Which how long it is? Very yeah. short running time. Which demands a lot of care, but I I agree with you, Carlos, that from from the outset the tone was weird. Now it starts out 
kind of goofy, right? You remember the the family like posing on the slope and they're like, yeah. put your hands yeah. up. Do you yeah. in like in this odd like they can't figure fashion it out. that well no, they can't figure but it doesn't even make sense. Why is yeah. the guy telling them to put their hands up? It so doesn't the Will Ferrell can no, act funny. Well, there, but they don't even. I mean, it's yeah. weird. It's like the concept is let's go broad, and then the performance is kind of restrained and not going broad. Yeah. It, yeah. It just from the very get-go, there is this tension in this film where it can't decide what it wants to be. Is it yeah. going to be this dark exploration of the fissures of a marriage and of, you know, sort of the expectations of masculinity and femininity and what we do? Or is it going to be this ridiculous comedy about, you know, a, a bad family vacation at the ski resort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and I think the push-pull there never really balanced out for me. I mean, you no. have that opening. You have the weird, lecherous hotel uh, front hostess okay, or whatever. I'm glad that you brought her up because she is straight up from another movie. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. that character does not exist in the universe that this movie creates. She is like... From well, she's also comic relief when the drama is not but, so unsettling that we require the comic relief. Is this just that, weird? That too. She's it's her, this weird peripheral character. Her comic relief is placed in uh, like the tension hasn't boiled up to a point where it we comes need way something too that early. big. It comes yeah. way too early. But also, literally, okay. So this is my interpretation of it. She arrives on set on the first day of filming. They shoot her scenes first before they shoot anything else, and. She's there. They're in the hotel. They're like, "Yeah, we're knocking out your stuff. You have another movie. You're scared, or you got to go shoot Sabrina, the teenage witch. We, you know, so we're gonna get you in while we can because she's in Sabrina's. Teenage is she Witch. okay? She Miranda. Played, uh, she plays Zelda. Miranda Otto is her name. Yeah, she plays Zelda. I recognize um, her, but I don't. But she. So so they get there, and mm-hmm. Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, right, uh, mm-hmm. are. Tell her, like, yeah, okay, so here's the scene. Here's what we're doing. Like, this is the tone. Just imagine that you're in, like, super bad or, like, a Judd Apatow movie. Just, like, be, like, really big and broad and, like, play it up and whatever. Will Ferrell's in it. And, yeah, and and so they shoot her scenes. They do that. And then a week into production, they're like, okay, we need to kind of pivot on this. Uh, It doesn't need to be as big and as broad. But they didn't want to pay her to come reshoot her scenes. So they just kept that in there and changed the tone of the rest of the movie. I'll go with that. Because she is really in another movie. Another scene that popped out to me as being in another movie is... The when they go to the complaint desk uh, with Karen, I kind of like, like that scene. I, I don't, but okay. But Julia Louis Dreyfus, the character there, Billy, is the one who's like having this inner turmoil and stuff. And then they just throw her into this scene where she's gonna be the you know the Karen character. The like I can well, she, I see the manager? Oh yeah, come on, like you know, and she's gonna be the bitchy. Well, like that felt so it undercut the power of that character in the film in such a distinct way for a cheap ass laugh with the, yeah. the uh you know the guy Tormund. from game of thrones yeah. doing the like no nothing's wrong nothing i think yeah. th- that one again it felt like it belonged in a different film can i tell you why they put that scene in is because americans on that vacation in austria that went through that would probably act that way because karen's yeah. would there are yes there are karen's would well that's, no, I mean, yes. i'm with you i'm with there you. there are people who would do that but that was not that character no. that character well, should she, not she's an attorney that. by profession okay, i think that I, would argue I, yeah, I, too much but. look i i agree that that scene doesn't work it doesn't work movie. however you want to i think it. i think the thought process behind it had to have been like this is an opportunity for us to 
show Billy kind of lose her shit with her husband for not being able to acknowledge what happened. But there's other opportunities there are that other are better. Op- I, and, and, I agree, but I'm just saying that 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 has to be that, the thought process. That to going me into just played scene. into like one of those negative stereotypes of you know middle class women. That, I don't know. Yeah. Just it was unnecessary. I didn't need that. And and the other one that really stood out to me as not belonging in this film was the, the whole Zach and. Well, I mean, that was... Because that was kind of weird. But no, Zach and Rosie as these self-obsessed millennial characters. Hashtag no agenda. Right. But I mean, it's like, okay, we get it. Like, you know, people who are older Gen Xers and boomers are skeptical of millennials and we're going to make fun. I don't know. It just didn't... It felt like it was trying to cram in this, like, other funny thing. And it's sad because I like Zach Woods, right? Yeah, Zach Woods. I mean, I think he's great. He's He's in Veep as well. Well, He's in Veep. He's in Silicon Valley. He was in the office. With them not communicating as well as they needed to, you needed other characters to draw out the conversations or to put them in a situation where these conversations could occur. Yeah. So I appreciate that characters need to be there. But but you're absolutely right. He's obsessive of this younger guy, but the younger guy is not presented in a way that you would be possessive of him. Like, I'm well, sorry. It's, uh, not possessive. I say possessive. Obsessive. Obsessive of him. It seems more as like... As being a cool, hip, young guy that I want to be more like. It, right. That does... It, 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 the, that's just a casting thing, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Woods is never cast as a cool guy, uh, like ever. In but this movie, he is. In this movie, he is, and it's odd. And that Kylie said that when we left the theater. She's like, "Yeah, it was so weird. I've never seen him cast. I couldn't really buy him as that." But I think that more than him trying to be ca- like cast as a cool guy or whatever, his character is really something that Will Ferrell knows that he can try to use to put off these hard conversations that he has well to have yes in, in that you know? in that moment like inviting them over to their suite yeah it, yes it's it's a blocking maneuver uh, in essence i mean i understand the will ferrell character's motivation for doing that but it but it's still it just in terms of you know narratively it just doesn't play that well to me it, it, it took me no. out of it and Joe, I agree. They needed some foil for them mm-hmm. to play off of to be able to do that. They didn't need it to be a caricature of millennials. Understood. They, that's uh, my, yeah. my biggest problem with the film is the casting of Will Ferrell. And I I'm, agree. And I like Will Ferrell. Why well, I think that I think the casting for all of it was bad. But I like Will. Fer- well, if you did, I did a little bit of research on this one, and that is that Julia Louis Dreyfus owned this project, and uh-huh. she was attached to it from the get go. Well, and she is probably the, the best, best part, yeah. in this film. Agreed. But Will Ferrell comes with so much baggage that Jim Carrey has been able to throw off, that Adam Sandler threw off recently in Uncut yeah. Gems. Ferrell's shaking it occasionally. Stranger Than Fiction stands out to me as one that, that gets a little bit... But not substantial. Yeah. No, no, but you're right. I when mean, I see Will Ferrell, he better be naked streaking down a thing. You, you know what I mean? And I think he tries... They give him some opportunity to bring his... Manic energy that I enjoy when it's used appropriately. Yeah, uh, here, but he can't. I don't think ultimately think pull off those dramatic turn, and that's why I think that tightrope is not now, walked very well. I Dreyfus would, can though. Sure. I agree with you. Some of what you just said. Okay, where I where I hold off is I think he is capable of it, and I think he actually does a pretty darn good job here. I think unfortunately he has two things going against him. I think. He, looks wise, he is not believable as a sort of um, 
general I mean he's always going to look a little silly I don't know there's there's nothing traditionally handsome about him he's just kind of a goofy looking guy okay and so there's a goofiness he brings with him that he that I don't know how you can shake that um and and then I think the the other thing that really sort of stands out to me when I see him in in this in this film in particular is th- because they're pairing him with these characters that are more over the top it's hard not to want him to go there with them and he never does and so it feels very off where it's like oh why isn't yeah, he getting well, come on Will Ferrell right. do your thing and he, and it and it doesn't not supposed and, to. It, and I don't even want him to of course. but I but I feel like he should right it would take you more out of this film that didn't quite cast correctly mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. I, you know, and I think that the, I think the biggest problem with the casting, isn't that certain actors may or may not be able to um, pull off what they're being asked to pull off. Like I don't think that that's the biggest thing. I just think the problem is more so rooted in what is this casting telling the audience about the film that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this casting is telling the audience that they're in a f- movie that they should be laughing at a lot. And it's, so, also a, it's also a Valentine's Day release. In other words, bring a date. Yeah. And so, like, there was next to us in the theater, it wasn't like a date situation. It was like a family of four, or I don't know if, they, you know, what the relation between the Ricky family. Bobby, too. Ricky Bobby on skis. But it was uh, four people. Yeah. And they were laughing at things that I did not find funny. And, like, more serious moments when the couples are fighting, like, like when the Zach Woods and Rosie character first, like, show up and uh, Billy loses her shit uh-huh. and then brings her kids out to settle the argument and stuff. Like, during that scene, they were laughing throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And I didn't think that that scene was supposed to be funny. Like, there were some moments where maybe a little chuckle here and there because yeah. of how over the top maybe it gets. But for the most part, this is a woman, like, really going through, like, a traumatic thing and, like, looking at her partner saying, you're supposed to be here for me in these times of need and you abandoned me and you won't acknowledge that you did it. And right. they're laughing. I could see yeah. it. You know? I could see a confused audience. But because audience. they think that... It's a, yeah. they think the movie's supposed to be yeah, funny I, front to back, yeah. and it's not. Well, and I think there, I mean, honestly, to give to give a little tiny bit of credit to you, I think there is something uncomfortably funny about. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, like I'm thinking of Zach Woods in The Office, and even to yeah. some extent Silicon Valley. I mean, we do at times find humor in those really deeply uncomfortable situations where you could just as easily feel bad for the characters. Yeah. That's usually the filmmaker's so, intent though. I understand but, and- it, but I do but I totally <laughs> agree with you that I think because of the radical kind of shifts in tone that the film has going on leading up to that and coming yeah. out of it. It's just, it was hard for me. Yeah. And I'm somebody who watches a lot of movies. I mean, yeah. if, if listeners have been listening, we, yeah. we've, we've watched a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm somebody who pays attention to this stuff and I'm somebody who really... We watch like two movies a week. <laughs> at least. And I really love comedy. And for me... I like it when we can find comedy in those dark places. Yeah. But this film just, it yeah, didn't agreed. buy in fully to the, let's just go dark. Yeah. And yes, there will be those moments where you laugh out of like total desperation almost. Yeah. It didn't, but it didn't fully go there. It gave me too many of those juicy, wet comedy moments yeah. that were juicy just like. And wet comedy. Like, yeah, right? I mean, we're just, Kate, no, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. And this film does try to have it both it, ways. I agree. And I, I think. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. 
Yeah, I th- I mean, this film definitely does try to have it both ways. And, you know, I think where the difference lies is that the character of Gabe in The Office that Zach Woods plays is he is a very uncomfortable character. Yeah. And there's nothing pleasing about that character. But the creators and the writers of that show know exactly what to do with him and know exactly what situations to put him in so that he can be a dark, uncomfortable character but still be funny because he's such a fish out of water right. or because like clearly he doesn't know how to behave, you know, whatever. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing and their intentions are clear and they're executing it well. It seems as if at times they, like Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, could not decide which way they were going. Yeah. Or what I find to be more likely is that they tried to make a more serious, poignant film and the studio said... No, we need more laughs. Of course, of course, we, it needs to be. That zanier. might be. That might We're paying be. Paying for Will Ferrell. Just because of <laughs> the reason I think that is because of the way the trailer Poor was guy. cut. Yeah, the way the trailer was cut versus the way the film plays. Agreed. It that to me says that the directors and the writers presented one thing and they got notes and notes and notes and notes and then the studio thought the only way they could save it was to try to get butts and seats by presenting it as this other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know that that's may true. Well be I mean, the, it may know. well be, but I mean, right. and, and it's as good as an explanation as as any I've heard. But I mean, bottom line is, I would not recommend anybody to go see this film. I mean, honestly, yeah. you know, I, I I wish all the luck to Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. I I did like the way way back a lot. Yeah. Um, the Descendants less so, but the, yeah, with, that that's another podcast. I haven't seen Way Way um, Back, but but Way Way Back is good. I Actually like their I like their work on screen. And I, you know, I hope I hope they'll do good stuff. And I love Julia Louis. There's a lot of people involved in this sure. project. She's very good in this. That I think I'll say will I'll... go on to continue to do great work. But yeah, this is uh... this movie was uh, Dean disappointing. <laughs> Which, if you've watched Community, you understand <laughs> right that reference. What about the beer? Was it Dean disappointing? No, I, I have, I've liked, I've liked this one. Terminal, it's, terminal it's good. You know, I was, I was kind of, well, I shouldn't be, but tasting it, I understand where they're going with the cigar pairing. Mm-hmm. It is a more hop forward Imperial stout than what I'm used to these days. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely has, divides. <laughs> it, it definitely has a little bit more of that kind of bitterness uh, it right in there with the chocolate and the and the maltiness. It, it's good. I like it a lot, but it I think it would pair well with a cigar. Yeah. So you know, I'm now remembering this brewery very well um, because they're the brewery that provides you with the food and cheese pairing. Oh, right. you're right. You're what, right. What, what were we supposed to be having? This one says food pairing. Blue cheese. Uh, Chili lemongrass short ribs. No, don't, oh. don't say the cheese. I want to have this conversation with David. Go ahead. Uh, lemongrass short ribs is very specific. Very specific. Uh, cheese pairing. Um, don't, don't tell me. You said blue cheese? Yeah. Blue cheese with this? Okay. So do you want me to say what it is? I'm or going with a Go Stilton, please. Uh, Sankanter, I think is what that says. Uh, Dutch Gouda? That was my oh. second choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go Dutch. Uh, yeah, Dutch Gouda, yeah. Um, cigar pairing, uh, Fratello, surprise, surprise, Blanc, Blanco Four, 
And this was bottled April 10th, 2019. It is ghost number 728. Uh, serving temperature between 54 and 58 degrees. I mentioned earlier which episode. It's not rocket science, it says in the bottle. This is a very <laughs> elegant label, though, it's, we yeah, should it's say. And it's it is lovely. Post, we'll yeah. post that. Adroit yeah. Theory is trying to elevate the everything, every way that they present their beers. I re- recall that from the previous two times we saw yeah. them. High Life is always an episode we suggest you go listen to. And that, that we to to yeah. quote Joe on Adroit Theory, every little thing they does is magic. <laughs> no doubt. There's, that, there's no doubt about it. I... I like this beer very much. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I I like it. If it, I don't see this beer at the end of the year when we do a top five, ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's been a goddamn good year. Joe is coming in oh, heavy okay. with oh, well, his. No, no, no this no, beer's no, good. He, he I, ended it nicely there. The, it'll be a good year. That's yeah, okay. I get, uh, yeah. I'll take out the GD. Uh, it's it's well, a no, really no, no, good. no. But you just you've you've come in heavy with the superlatives on many a beer that we've had. And we're, as far as recording goes, still in February. Well, welcome to the new meet. But listen, <laughs> Terminal Descent, the Imperial Stout, it is hop forward, but I like it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it, it makes it like complex. It makes it uh, yeah. interesting. And it's, it, no, it's delicious. I, there's I think a bunch load of chocolate in here, and I I'm enjoying all of it. Very um, fantastic. Well, Great job, Adroit. Well executed yeah. Russian Imperial Stout that. Ooh. I'm get, I am convinced would pair well with a cigar, and I'm only sad that I did not buy a second uh, bottle so that I could have it with a cigar later. Or so that we could but, uh, uh, retreat to that porch happier we could finish. than a stout. Yeah. yeah well, the, but I the, can't wait for the second half of this episode. Yeah, so so when we come back, you, we, we kind of have a surprise for y'all, because yeah. if you didn't already know, you'll find out after the break. The ruse. When we return. <laughs> so uh as as we kind of teased going into the break um we, we have we have a it's not even a surprise but we made the conscious decision yeah. this episode to sort of withhold a bit of information a lot of you listeners i know i know our listeners our listeners are film nerds of course they already knew this this is a downhill is a remake okay yeah the curtain An open American adaptation there is no wizard it's yeah. just what we were hiding all along is that this was a <laughs> remake of a swedish film uh that was very successful uh mm-hmm. back in the earlier part of the 2010s 2013 14 14 Jeez, see i swapped them that's yeah uh but 2014 it uh it played at con it got got some accolades there it had a fairly decent kind of international distribution, mm-hmm. really kind of made a name. And the film was called Force Majeure, at least in its foreign release. Although, strangely enough, it had a different title in Sweden that, that was originally attached to it. But what was the original title? Tourist. W- w- oh, Taurist. interesting. Um, I think Force Majeure is but better. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, anyway. So... Very much the same premise, but before we get into talking about this film again, which yeah, will allow us, I didn't to like this back, ruse, but um, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> Joe, Joe didn't like the ruse, but I felt like no, you're right. I felt like it was a good idea, and I pitched it in our group chat yep. uh, when we were planning out the episodes and stuff that we not let's not reference. talk about downhill as a remake because I felt like if we did that, we would be comparing 
so many parts of that film to its counterparts in Force Majeure and the things that one did right and the other Carlos, did wrong. Carlos, I got a 14.2 over here. That's right. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but, and I, and I felt like there was, I felt like Downhill was adapted and enough about it was changed and all that kind of stuff that it deserved to be talked about as its own film yeah. and not have... Well, the adaptation is something I intend And not about. have it, uh, the scenes... Because well, and, it and, could have worked. And I think another rationale for it that it, I didn't even articulate this when you suggested it to, to defend your your uh, proposition, but, but I do think this is the how most people are going to see Downhill, right? Most people yeah. who see Downhill at the theater in the United States will yes. not have seen Force Majeure, no. won't even be aware of it. And they and won't go looking be thinking, for it. I so, ha- okay, I had seen Force Majeure. After that thing. Guys, and beer. I saw, I saw oh, it when it came fuck. out, and I, and I didn't realize Downhill was an adaptation of it when I saw it. Oh, that's weird. I, w- I, I got it right away. Okay, let's open up this Joe's beer. Gonna Death of the Sun. Crap his pants if we don't The reason beer. that I picked this one, Death of, Death the, Sun, of the Sun, is when you get those scenes in both films where the avalanche happens part of the i i mean part of what i love about that sequence is you get a total whiteout and and instead of like you know you you get those films that occasionally will either fade or cut to black and then come back from that to something the matrix had a really effective whiteout yeah but but so infrequently you get the whiteout and i and i and i I like having that with this so drake's brewing yeah out of california uh death of the sun it's a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout it comes in at 14.2 and uh this bottle's Bush interesting leaf. it's 12 and 12.7 <laughs> ounces you gotta watch yourself man. <laughs> it's going 14.2 it's so. just gonna get higher and higher uh, yeah right 20.8 oh come on man if you're not at least 25 who wants it the only yeah. beer worth drinking is that sam adams utopia that's like 35 <laughs> percent or whatever and it i is. hear that stuff is terrible i haven't heard anything i hear that i mean ne- some people like next it, week on bear in a movie know. gasoline yeah. <laughs> All right. So moonshine. That's only eighty-three octane. Come on, man. It's water. The way All Joe's right. pouring that beer is making me so nervous. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, okay. So, so Force uh, Majeure, a movie I had never seen. Carlos, you said you had seen it. Yeah, I saw it in December of 2014. Mm-hmm. I don't know when in 2014 it originally came out, but uh, as we discussed a little bit earlier off mic uh, when we first got here to the studio. Uh, I was out of town on vacation. Uh, some pl- plans had changed. We had an unexpected off day to regroup, and uh, me and another friend of mine, uh, John, who I don't think listens to this podcast, but um, we never we d- what? Go ahead. We decided that we were going to use that off day to go see a movie, and so we were looking at showtimes and stuff. This was in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and we saw this movie that had a pretty interesting premise, and we took a leap and saw. We watched the trailer, thought it film. looked cool, and yeah, we went and saw it's it. Because for us, it was like, okay, well, this isn't going to show in Corpus. So, how do y'all want to handle this? Do y'all want to like go dive in, or do we want to now well, I have wanna, the conversation about something. downhill that we would have had had we said it was a remake? I want to add something that. that that what I was going to interrupt Carlos about, and I apologize for that as he was uh, describing his experience seeing the film is that I don't think we ever talked about what the inciting incident was. You made no, reference. I did. You did? I said that there was an avalanche and Will Ferrell okay. ran away. And left, All right, that's how drunk Billy I am. To, uh, in, in order to get snow on the mountain, there's several ways to do it if snow's not coming. And one of those ways to do it is with a snow machine, snow blowers. But another way yeah. is a controlled avalanche to it, it, so that it puts snow onto the slope. See, I thought that was a safety thing. Could be as well. 
But yeah. I know that it's done, but not to, in the middle of the day at lunch nearby a cafe, an outdoor cafe. So that cafe. that is an anomaly. See, the, here here you're. I don't know. You're, are you a skier, Carlos? I've never been. Skiing. I've never been skiing. Oh I grew God. up in I'm a skier. the north. I could have, but you're I crazy. never skied. No, I, I mean I grew up. In I've never been to the skier. Alps. I've never been to Austria. You've never been to the Alps? No, you have though. <laughs> no. Whenever you folks shut off the podcast. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry guys. No, I'll admit it. I'm just, it's, it's an honest podcast. We've I've gotten, never we've been gotten too bougie. Now we're talking. Oh about fuck the Alps. no! Hold on. I have been to the Alps. Uh, I've never skied the Alps. Here we go. <laughs> it was ninth grade. Nineteen. Anyway. <laughs> Um, the, 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 so a controlled, ex- we see that the nighttime, these controlled avalanches are going on. Yeah, we don't see, we hear it. No, you hear the explosions. <sighs> then all of a sudden you hear it and you, and, and it's presented in both films mm-hmm. very well. Oh, over, over brilliant. there is an avalanche. Wait a second. It's getting closer. No, no, no. It's the, fine. It's these controlled. people know what they're doing. Yeah. Holy shit. Let's run. Yeah. Or holy shit. Cover the kids. Yeah. So, okay. So that. That's the inciting incident. There's which, there's a, there's a plot point for yeah, you. Yeah, which which we touched on in downhill, but we, to your credit, did not spend very much time on mm-hmm. it. Now, here is something that makes force majeure so much better than. Oh, downhill. it is so much better than. Is it's required viewing the explosions that happen at nighttime are more ominous mm-hmm. the score behind them is more well, ominous. the sound design in the sound Force design Majeure is in general is the actual shooting of that scene is a lot better because yeah. it's a static shot yeah and you're not right up on them you're looking at the entirety of the deck and you see tomas and his wife and his two kids and also the staging of it they have yeah. tomas on the same side as his son yeah sitting there um, could have easily pulled his son away at the yeah. very least. So they, they give him no... Like, the Will Ferrell character in Downhill is on the other side of the table. From Almost kind of gives him an out from yeah. the fact that, like, they're kind of behind and up against the railing, and yeah. he's more in the area where you have the walkway. And As effective as this scene is in Force Majeure... Why would they shoot it why, differently? Why would they... F- yeah, why would they trick it? But, it but doesn't make any sense. But there are so many... Things Differences. about force majeure that are shot well, so beautifully. To go back to our our original and, and it seemed like our most shared complaint about downhill, the tone. Yeah, this film nails having that dry, consistent, dark, ominous tone to it. Yeah, even when it's funny, it is like a laughter through the gritting of your teeth. That's well, happening. subjectively, I can tell you why that's the case. I. I have not done the research to understand if these two actors, the father and the mother, in Force Majeure, are the Julia Louis-Dreyfus and no, the Will they Ferrell of they're, Sweden. They're, they're like... Because without that baggage, without that expectation, yeah. it's you're just watching people. Right. Which is something that I took great... Because I watched Downhill first. I wanted to watch Force Majeure first to refresh my memory going into Downhill. I wasn't yeah. able to because... Um, I watched an extracurricular film. What was that? Extracurricular, uh, an extracurricular uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. film for next week's episode that was not required, but I felt that I needed it oh, for the uh-huh. context. Yeah, I see. Um, and so I, yeah, that I ran out of time. <laughs> Tell you what I did. Because it's, well, it's the wrong way to do it. Well, go hold ahead. on. Yeah, uh, go so ahead. I didn't rewatch it first. I went to watch Downhill. <laughs> and, it, it, and, and so when I, when David brought it to my attention, that force majeure, had been adapted into downhill because I had already at this point seen the downhill trailer, like I said in the first half of the episode. Yeah, I thought about it 
and I was like, I don't remember Force Majeure being really funny. Yeah. And then I looked it up, and it said comedy drama. And it's because of, again, and we'll come back to this probably so many times, but the baggage of Will Ferrell and the casting of that movie makes you think of a different kind of funny than this one. Agreed. Uh, And so, yes, there are some comedic moments in Force Majeure, but I feel like for the most part, it is a very dark, ominous tone. Like just the, like those strings, the really Mm -hmm. sharp cutting strings Uh in the score. Mm -hmm. And the, the the camera angle of the janitor looking down at their you know like, <laughs> yeah. like those can the, the the camera angles why didn't of they the, duplicate that stuff of the inside of the hotel are much more ominous the there was there was one scene in particular that kind of struck me and it's when Tomas and his friend played by Tormund uh, Giants Bane, right? Who shows up in the uh, downhill, in downhill as, as the guy? The, right. So I refer, I refer to him work. in the first half as the Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. So he, so he plays. He the handled fr- it well, David. He plays the. He plays the our... friend in the original. Yeah. The Zach Woods character. Right. But there's a scene where the two of them are on the ski lift, and it's so snowy and stuff. You can't see anything past the person. Like it's just this white haze behind all of them. Yeah. And it, you get the same kind of similar, um, like, landscape when they're skiing, whether it's the whole family together or it's just, uh, you know, someone by themselves or whatever. But there's just so much about the tone and the ambiance and the setting and the way that the film is shot that makes it work so fucking well mm. in the original. Even another great example that's, like, at the very beginning is when you see uh, at night the, like, machines doing their thing or whatever Mm -hmm. you're looking at it from the bottom of the mountain up and it's shot so that you really just see the slope and the machines and the black sky of the night and the way it's shot in the new one is you see it from atop the mountain looking down and all the mountains in the background and it's less disconcerting than the original is and yeah. it told everything about it well in downhill changes. i don't know if you all noticed but it i mean it certainly stood out to me that you know downhill is a much much sunnier film yes like the, much sunnier force majeure they shoot a lot of that outdoors under overcast skies yeah. or they're doing things with the way that they're lighting the scenes to make yeah. it appear more overcast whereas downhill Almost everything that happens it's outdoors sunny, yeah. is okay. sunny and bright blue skies. It's a weird... Now, I don't know. I mean, I could almost support that choice that they made for Downhill, but it works so much better it in works. Force Majeure. So you watched Force Majeure first. Uh, no, 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 no. I watched half of Force Majeure. Oh! Then I went to go see Downhill... <laughs> Then I came back to watch the second half of Force Majeure, and that was such a specific experience. The timing <laughs> was all that I could do. That was that was it. Oh that, yeah, that was yeah, all that was going to happen. I get it. And because I was watching a re uh, an original property, yeah, knowing that the remake was coming, knowing mm-hmm. that Will Ferrell's playing this guy and Julia's playing this girl, yeah, it took me a long time to get that out of my head. Will Ferrell wanted to play this character. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I had done some research, bought this property to play this character. How will they do it? It was about a third of the way into Force Majeure where I realized I was seeing something really exceptional. Yeah. A, a, A character study of 
a marriage in distress yeah. for really good reasons. Um, matriarchal, patriarchal views, masculine, feminine views, and what force majeure nails that Downhill can't even try to is that study. Yeah. Because without these being named actors, to me anyway, mm-hmm. maybe they're the biggest stars in Sweden. I have well, no idea. Well, and also, I mean, yes, go ahead. You can explore things at a human level instead mm-hmm. of a superstar level. Yeah, I agree. And I hope that maybe we can spend agree. two I minutes to talk about the, the Americanization of a great film. I definitely know. agree with what you're saying about the, the star baggage that comes with it. But I think it goes beyond that, and it, and it, and it gets into the the sort of darkness that force majeure goes into i mean with the tomas character is so much more i mean for for the he's more pompous to begin with um than will ferrell ever is willing to be they give will ferrell the out of his dad has died whatever it is it's an out they give him an out they give him a there's no explanation he's just he's just a dad he's just a guy who's you know you don't see any weakness in him until the the pivotal moment well do you well weakness in that like people who put on that front tend to have something that they're hiding and i mean only in that no there's no tell putting on a front prior to that pivotal moment i think they're living their life a life free of 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 burden a life free of potential tragedy that has put me into a situation where i have to react in a flight or fight uh uh uh, uh, yeah you know so when he runs off at that moment it really makes sense to me when the the friend comes and is trying to like rationalize it to the wife only to diffuse how awkward this situation has become yeah you know, sometimes in tragedy we react in a flight or fight manner, and you have to survive, and you yeah. can't describe, and you can't. And it's acted so well that you believe every single person there. Yeah. T- to me, yeah, I, I found this film to be pretty friggin' incredible. Yeah, everyone should see. Yeah, it. I, 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 th- yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that Force Majeure is remarkable and is. Uh, a truly um, like impactful piece of work. One now, one thing. Since as I told you, I watched Downhill first before I rewatched yeah. Force Majeure. One scene I paid particular attention to was when they're sitting down at dinner with like the front desk yeah. lady in Force Majeure, and I was very interested in how that played out in the original. And it's so much better. She doesn't say like I can still catch a dig or anything yeah, stupid like that. Yeah. She's just like, oh, I found this one. It's real people, um, and real. like they're she's like pretty normal for the yeah. most part. And she kind of alludes to like and she some stuff. And then later on, they do have a conversation right. about. But like, she also has this weird like she wants to call out the guy for saying this one. Do you remember that yeah, little moment even there? Though she said even though it she and, was the one who had said this yeah. one. So it was, it, I, it was really, really nuanced in the yes. sense that it's like, it's that's the sort of thing that, you know, it seems like a, I mean, how, how do I put it? it? It seems like a gender bias thing. Like, oh, this one, you know, like, yeah. oh, you're just referring to this chick you met as this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had already done that to uh-huh. him. And there's this kind of dismissal that she had of his value already built into that. Yeah. That, you know, that, but then, but then hers was a more feminist critique. I don't know. It was just, but, but, I thought that scene was so 
beautifully put together yes. in the original. And also, he's so much more brash about his defense of himself. I mean, yeah. in the, I don't think in, he's down, brash. in downhill. Oh well, okay. okay. In downhill, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. In, in downhill, downhill, downhill. In downhill, downhill. <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell just he tries to avoid getting into it, yeah. right? He he's able to deflect, and they don't even have that conversation. Then it's not until later. But she gets, you but know. It, it, but it, the reason it works in Force Majeure is because they're able to switch languages and have the conversation well, amongst true. themselves without involving the to other couple. To some extent, yeah. Right. I think that helps because it gives it like it makes sense that they can have this argument right in a way that doesn't make it awkward because a yeah. lot of what happens in downhill is them it's a lack of communication well but it's them teetering around it because no, they're it's in front not of a lack of communication it's poor communication it's poor communication but what you said nuance they're talking you saying that that's same scene thing in I mean, to, to me it's the same thing but go ahead it's not the same thing but it is similar <laughs> uh you saying that 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 scene in force majeure is more nuanced than it is in downhill it encapsulates the entire problem with the adaptation is force majeure is so nuanced in a lot of the way that it presents certain things and is so much more subtle and allows you to dig more into it as a viewer and not be like yeah. beat over well, the head with everything and downhill is just like this it's, is happening yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's really not you. it's really not worried about getting laughs is, yeah. is is one of the things i think it's unburdened and so when it does it's nice but it's not the goal, right? It, and so it, I think it had a little more liberty to, and it, and and it plays off like you said. It's a comedy drama, a psychodrama. It has, it has a lot going on that it it is trying to achieve that I don't think has anything to do with making the audience laugh necessarily. So it it's unburdened from that. It's able to operate at a certain level, but it but it just has so much more. I mean, he. The the actor and I and I should know his name here. I looked it up right. Uh, Johannes uh, Kunk, Kunke. Uh, he has a much more cool, traditionally He's handsome. Yeah, kind of. Well, not that much. I mean, ma- yeah. maybe two or three years. They, I mean, were, they, they were a younger family. Yeah, kids I mean, the same age. I don't they know. are they are I mean, younger than Will Ferrell and yes, Julie, yeah, Dragons somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, the whole idea of of artificial insemination. I mean, like, yeah, there was there was an age thing there. It's not a huge deal. I'm just Fair saying. enough. <laughs> they're younger. They're hipper. Okay. Yes, but definitely more classically handsome yeah, kind of, no doubt, uh, no doubt. you know, cool veneer. The stoicism makes total sense. And he's and he comes across I don't know just so much more effortlessly as a sort of quote unquote typical kind of unable to lose face you know has to do anything he can to save face he's gonna he's gonna say whatever he does in the moment in order to bullshit his way he's out a of the narcissist. situation yeah a narcissist a bit, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so that and and that makes sense whereas I never got that feeling from pete in okay, downhill but, but but it also lends opportunity for discussion when he it is finally confronted to him through the video that he shot of the avalanche that he did indeed run off mm-hmm. and right it, and which it, happens in force majeure sure yeah mm-hmm. is he upset because he has been caught or is he upset because he's realizing his own failure? Uh, I think I think upset because he's caught. 
I, th- I think he okay, is. So is his, is yeah. his no in in force majeure. Force majeure. Yeah. yeah, because his breakdown that he eventually has, yeah. where he's having that deep, deep, rich crying breakdown. Where Do you think? No, okay. There's a question. Do you think that is a deep, deep, rich crying breakdown? Uh, I felt that it was presented to be as such. I I or he was he was putting all of that on. Yes. As a form of sociopathic narcissism? Narcissism? No. No, not as maybe a form of sociopathic maybe narcissism. He's genuinely but... upset for himself. Yes. That that's he what has I yes. to cop to it. I am this week is what I right. felt was happening. But that's not what he's saying exactly. He's still trying to displace it. He's still saying, I hate that person. I hate he's not accepting that it's him. And it, that oh, that's well, what I took it a different way. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't know, that look, was look, his, look at those. That was his crisis. That was his crisis. No, I understand it's moment. a crisis, but I don't think he's owning it in the way that you're giving him credit for. And then there's another scene in a snow blind where they it's the last day of the trip. Yeah. They've fumpered and mumpered through the trip. They've yeah. come to no terms at all. There, and there's the title of the episode: Fumpering and Mumbering. The wife gets lost. Is she really lost, or was she making that occur so that he could be a hero again? Well, so they leave that kind of... Now, honestly, would you have wondered if that was a mystery if you had not seen Downhill? Because Downhill, she very obviously makes it a stage... But it's done so much better in Force Okay, but I'm saying, would, so you have even, would you have even thought... I'm talking about the source material now, not what Hollywood has done with it. Yeah, but which you're, we all you, agree but you, you presented see. it as, did she or did she not? Would you have even been questioning? If you hadn't seen Downhill first. My, my claim would be you wouldn't have, because I didn't. I, I didn't I when I saw yeah. Force you Majeure. What? Because there's no because Force Majeure, they're going down the hill together. Yeah. And they lose her. Right. And mm. then they hear her calling out, and then he goes and gets her, and then he brings her back, and then And then she goes and, and then gets she her does walk skis. off. She does walk off. But <coughs> I never I watching it then did not think, oh, perhaps she so what was, was just faking that the whole time. I thought she authentically had fallen down, and that he was able oh, to no. save her, and that helped I, him I, save I, I face. Thought, but you, but, but you saw, but you saw first. downhill. You saw downhill. That's, you oh, knew wow. that it had been staged. I got tainted. That's yeah. what that's you guys what you, are saying. You said tainted. But but that's then the again, question that we're I asking. think no. I think honestly, there's enough there to potentially have thought that because now that I've watched it again, I'm like, oh yeah, well she gets up and walks okay, away. So now let's. But fast, I did not think it the first. Let's time. fast forward to the bus scene. Yeah. The end of the movie is a hero walk with the dad in the center, the wife behind him, and he's smoking a cigarette. And the kid says, you smoke, dad? And he says, yes, I do. Yeah. And the movie's over. Uh Uh-huh. Is that him? Is that, the way I took it, him saying, I can begin to admit my weaknesses even to those closest to me, shedding narcissism? I don't know how I read that one. I mean, honestly, I, I, yeah. I thought it was like kind of this weird. I remember watching it the first time before Downhill ever existed, thinking there was something a little bit false about the ending. Not that I disliked it, but it was intentionally like this false triumphant ending. Like that, that was how I felt the first time. Watching it again, also having seen Downhill as, as I was rewatching it, it. I can see where you're going. That may that may have been the intent there, but I, he's a false hero. 
Yes, it's, it's what makes the movie so complicated and fall. so beautiful. Every, and any so. hero is false. I don't know. And like that, I mean that that seems to be part of the like. There, I don't know. Any I, hero is false. Yeah, I mean I think that was some of the the dialogue in the film that worked for me, even if it was maybe in defense of something that shouldn't be defended in the way that it was being defended, but that there are these expectations culturally built up around what a hero is and. Who well, that certainly hero a masculine hero in this right. case. Uh, he had one thing that he needed to do that defined everything and put cracks into everything and failed right. to do it. Well, and yeah, I protect mean, protect his family in the midst of a tragedy, right? Of a As disaster if now, than, I mean, of course, and, and nobody ever questions the fact that I loved this movie. Yeah, I did too. But it, but uh, you know that like what if the avalanche had actually been a danger, which it wasn't. But it's presented to the audience. And Could to doing anything in that situation have actually helped? It's not what you should have done. It's what you shouldn't have done. And what you shouldn't do is leave me here. Oh, fair enough. To put my body over to the children right. where your body belongs as well. Right, right. You According should par- to social you, structure. You, you, should, you to- should perish with us. Correct. Yes. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. You should. Right. But so, the, but there was nothing constructive he could do other than symbolically give himself, sacrifice himself. Grab your son and run with you. Right. Well, I mean, that's a different thing. The, the, but the, the question yeah, was to yeah, stay there. We're, we're way off. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're in the weeds on this movie, which means that it's a... We're a, in the a, weeds. A, it's a we deep, never do that. It's a deep, rich film worth exploring mm-hmm. yeah julia louis dreyfus buys it because she wants to put herself in that female role and they americanize this film yeah but you know no that's I, worth criticism especially I, no, in the I day agree. of paris not criticism expl- exploration the day of parasite we're about the to day see of parasite being made into a series for hbo yeah in english, american actors, in english yeah. what are we gonna do to these properties to make them more palatable i mean they don't to have a valentine's to. day release where you're supposed to take i'm not against the new cross-cultural remakes i mean they they, yeah, they can that. work i mean certainly there are many uh there are many film uh but if we all agree that this doesn't this one doesn't work no. what's yeah, the committee no, not, the, the boardroom meeting where they said let's get the wacky you know, will ferrell who comes with baggage yeah stranger than fiction whatever i mean he comes with a this is what he brings and we're going to market it as he's bringing this to this film and you know the okay. wacky miranda auto we got to put that wacky character well, in i there. think i think it she says sex stuff i think she could have been better she just gave a little bit too big of a performance but i think that you know cuz daddy sandman came up earlier in in regards to you know okay. a comedy actor doing a more dramatic role and the reason i think for me at least that works is cuz it is a very dramatic departure like totally 180 sure. degree turn and and, that, and, that's, and the will ferrell role in downhill isn't a dramatic enough departure to put him in new no. territory well, no. when you consider so the source harder. material it may have been Mm, I don't think it's far enough. And especially the way they adapted it. I think the way they adapted it is key, too. Yeah. And he's not making a big enough leap from where he was before for that, for you to be able to remove yourself from what you know of him and his previous work and buy him in this new thing. Yeah. And so I think that it's miscast. I, you know, I admire Dreyfus for seeing Force Majeure and thinking 
I can do something with this and I want to do something with this because she's the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that somewhere along the way it was, you know, something went awry and it was boardroom. It was committee. I don't even know if it was because it, I mean you we keep saying Hollywood and boardroom and blah 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 blah. But I mean, let, it's you a know, film the three of us say you should This was made by this was in all in all account by this all was accounts. an indie film. I mean, this was a film made by somewhat small. It was Searchlight. I know that's connected to a major studio, but that's the mm-hmm. indie arm. It's uh, it was a film that premiered at Sundance. It's a film that was with Jim Rash and uh, Nat Faxon, whose only other film had been a true indie. I mean, it was trying to be somewhat outside the industry. It was a relatively small budget. It could have made better decisions. This wasn't a boardroom picture, I don't think. I think this was just a picture that I don't know. I'm I'm uh, honestly and this may not be fair, but I have to put it at the feet of Jim Rash and Nat Fax and I think in thinking not being confident enough in making something as dark as they needed to make it. Well, if we're going to assign blame, it kind of yeah, you know. I could I could see that being the case. I I don't know. There's just something about the casting of Will Ferrell that makes me think there was some kind of committeeing that took place. Because why else would he doesn't make Will, sense in the role? But the dude, I mean, I no, don't, he does. If you I don't if you think, age appropriateize her husband, he makes he sense. He is age appropriate for and if and, and, and he has flirted with you know moving away here and there. I can't think of who would have been a better person. Anyway, I, I mean, I can't. I can't think of one off the top of my head, and I haven't thought very hard. The one other thing that I want to say about Force Majeure versus Downhill is the oh. club scene is so much better in Force Majeure. Oh yeah, sure, it's yeah, well, yeah, a yeah. lot more intense. And well, and the and the uh, the funny uh, funny slash more troubling in Force Majeure scene. Where the uh, they're hanging out drinking and the woman approaches them Gets and them talks wrong. about like, oh, you're the most handsome guy in here. My friend <laughs> says, yeah. oh, actually, no, she meant somebody else. In in that was beautiful. In, in downhill, downhill, he dwells on it. He dwells on it. And it's kind of like a weird, like he half wants to joke. Cheat on his I mean, and it's and... sort of like, and they keep the characters in the background of the yeah. shot, and so they're kind of laughing, and it's goofy. In Force Majeure, it's much more foreboding, and then you have the yeah. guys come in, you, you know, the, the guys come in who are kind of, like, defending because they do get a tiny bit aggressive, like, are you fucking with us, or wh- uh-huh. whatever, the, what do they say, I can't remember exactly, but basically, yeah. are you fucking with us right now, are you, you know, are you trying to mess with us? And uh, and then these guys come to kind of be like, oh, are you getting, hot? you know, are you getting right. one of those situations they where were it's like, clears oh, out, the, they start the, laughing. The white knights other? come yeah. up to yeah. to start like mm-hmm. defending the honor of the maidens, yeah. and then there's this kind of like there's a palpable tension there that goes on, and then it eventually relaxes and they go and back they to laughing, laughing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, there there's a moment there you get none of that in downhill. Like there there is a real like kind of moment of threat where I remember the first time watching it. Oh, are they going to end up getting like pummeled here? Is mm-hmm. that you know is somehow like this going to turn into a fight scene? It doesn't, mm-hmm. but the threat was there and it yeah. the film was right. Anyway. It's yeah, it's much yeah better executed. Yeah, and also the homoeroticism of the nightclub scene. You're right, is much much. Juicier look, and like and you just go, you, know? you want chef's mwah. kiss, yes. <laughs> Ooh, <homoeroticism. laughs> mm. 
I prefer my homoeroticism juicy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, with with just, strobe lights. Just like my, yeah, with strobe just lights. Like I like my, my homoeroticism uh, just like I like my APAs. Juicy. Uh, <laughs> just like and, I like and my... And speaking of that, how do you like Death of the Sun from my, Drake's Brewing out of California? I like my 14.2%. This, this is giving like me just the right amount of barrel. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's a very good way to put it. That's, Sometimes and that's something... How do you celebrate? That's also something I want out of my home eroticism just the, the right, right amount, amount of barrel. barrel that this is good though it is oh it's damn good yeah death yeah. Really of is. the sun has created a nectar <laughs> that, I, that i think can't what of the gods no 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 i don't want to be i don't want to be uh, hyperbolic this isn't going to be in your top five at the end of the year <laughs> you know what no, no. well you beat me to the punch <laughs> We've had two great beers in this episode. It has been two uh, great I'm not going to say that Death of the Sun eclipses Terminal Descent. Uh, but I am going to say did that there. it's damn fine and close. The, the thing that saves this beer is that 14.2, which I'm enjoying very, very much because they've done it in a non-non-boozy way. It yeah. is the perfect amount of barrel. <laughs> I don't know. I well, get a lot of... I'm, I'm I mean, feeling the booze. I mean, it, it, is, it is a little the burn, boozy. The burn. When no, I no, sip no, that. It's very balanced. I love it. It's, it's tasty. Very nice. I've, I've tasted... Beers, or I've good. had beers that taste hotter at a lower no. ABV okay, than this fair one enough, does. Fair and they're enough. not, they're not bullshitting you with a bunch it's of a adjuncts. Higher. You know those okay, those Imperials okay. that have too much adjuncts. Give this me that. Just though. a nice, nice fourteen point two stout. Death of the Sun. Are you saying that just a simple nice nice? Us with- <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even know if that's come out yet. Yeah, no, listeners, you'll hear that. I'll cut that out. All right. We're talking into the yeah. Future. So anyhow, right, let's wrap this up. Great stuff. A, I so, mean, yeah. So we don't recommend downhill. We but really, we do I really don't. Very highly recommend force majeure. Yeah, and and Ruben Oslan, who I we didn't really talk about the filmmaker behind Force Majeure. Um, really highly regarded. I have not watched any of his other features, oh, but I yeah. did. I'm going to put them on my Netflix queue. But I did watch a short that he had done that is a recreation of a bank robbery that he happened to witness oh interesting Whoa. Um, yeah that's it's, cool it's really good it's called incident by a bank it's actually you can find it freely on vimeo okay if uh if anybody's looking for that that was really we'll really probably good. post that um and and his other films i've been hearing good things about in fact his film after force majeure called the square happened to win <coughs> an award that oh, I've heard of that, that joe takes note of called the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival back in 2017. Door. So um, Wait, it won the prize? It won the prize? Palm Door, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling we'll be revisiting Ruben Oslan in the future. Please, please do. But Force Majeure is definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I would say thank you, Drakes, for doing God's work. <laughs> Beautiful beer. Uh, ha- have you seen Downhill... Uh, have you seen Force Majeure? What do you think about American adaptations of foreign films and or properties? Um, I'm sure we'll get some tweets about Ghost in the Shell from that question. Uh, <laughs> but let us know. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer in a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie TX, Beer in a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. You can find a link to listen to this and all of our past episodes there absolutely free. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. 
Subscribing helps you uh, stay up to date on all of our most recent episodes, which yeah. come out every Wednesday. It would be, oh, be awesome if you it, did. Yeah, it would be great if you did. Rating and reviewing also helps us out a great deal. Uh, we know you're going to give us that five-star rating because you love us so much. Uh, but please leave a written review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. Uh, we appreciate that a lot, and it helps us in all of our future programming. Uh, but I think... Until next time. I'm a bloody victim of my own instincts. And please vote. <laughs>